welcome back everyone to another episode of the run the table podcast powered by pro football network it is wednesday october 26 we've got week eight action set to take off here as the tampa bay buccaneers take on the baltimore ravens i am tommy garrett fantasy analyst here at pro football network get me over on twitter at tommy garrett pfn but joining me today as always is mr ian warden the fantasy embedding guru that i am betting all of my retirement money on this week and get him over at NFL Film Study. And I think this is going to be a pretty fun game, but it's also one where we're not entirely sure what's going to happen. And I actually, I enjoy this. The last couple of Thursday nights, we knew they were probably going to suck. I think, honestly, this game could be good, but we have a team with the Buccaneers who need to get right, obviously. And we have the Baltimore Ravens, who even though they've been winning, haven't necessarily looked convincing while doing so. I don't know about you. Like I said, I'm looking forward to this Thursday night matchup. This could be a really great game. These could be two teams that you could see in the Super Bowl in a couple months. Like they both have that upside. Let's let's not Neither, go that far. Well, I, I have to go that far because we've been dealing with such trash for so long. I'm just going to be excited about it. Like these are the guys that we love. Like Lamar Jackson, one of my favorite players in the NFL. Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, and we kind of talked about this before the show, but like and we'll get into some of this, but like if Tom Brady's right, if this is his get back game, this changes the matchup completely. So I'm hoping this is that game, not even because I'm a Brady guy or anything like that. Like, yeah, he's great, but I just want some really good football. And I feel like we've been missing out on it this year in his last season. There's so many things uh, that Tampa Bay can do. That's so exciting and so fun. So I hope we get a chance to see it this game. Even if not, at least there's something at stake, like four and three Ravens, they got to win three and four Buccaneers. They definitely have to win. So I feel like there's a little bit more at risk on this game than what we're used to seeing. Yeah, we've got two playoff teams that are both in a must-win situation here at the midseason point. And quite frankly, as as disappointing as the football has been this year, narrative-wise, you got to love this if you're in the NFL. You want games like this where everything has a stake to it. And this year, the winning margin has never been finer than it is right now. So we'll see how things kind of take off here. But I think let's get this thing started and kind of dive into some of the trends. And that's going to be brought to us by Picket. Are you guys tired of tracking your bets out on messy spreadsheets or not knowing how much you've won or lost? We can download Picket, the best bet tracking app on the market. Picket makes it super easy to track all of your bets, shop the best lines, and connect with the community of avid sports bettors. Sign up today using promo code PFN365 and sync all of your favorite sports books, and you can win up to $100 for free. Picket is 100% free and joint and to use. So what are you guys waiting for? Remember, that is promo code PFN365 to join up today and win up to $100 just for signing up. The trends on this one are, are kind of interesting, but I don't think it's necessarily surprising. This very much feels like the public is fading Tom Brady, which, like you kind of alluded to, is a very dangerous thing to do. 81% of the money and 77% on the bets are on the Ravens to win outright tonight. It's a little closer on the spread uh, with 60% of the money on the Ravens, uh, but 71% of the volume is on there as well. Right now, Baltimore is sitting as a one-point favorite, so it actually has gone down half a point since we actually started kind of going over and doing our, our uh, pre-show notes here. So that's down to a one-point Baltimore at minus 108. You're never going, like, honestly, when was the last time we saw Tom Brady as plus money at one point? Um, that's now changed. It was sitting at plus 100. It's now at minus 102, which, let's go on, that's the same, that's the same damn thing. 
Um, but it's like you said, we can see this game going in, in many different ways. I think it's why we're kind of seeing that the money is a little split on the total and why we're not seeing quite as much on the Baltimore to cover the spread, right? Yeah, I think that is a big thing. And I found this little fun fact that Brady is nine and three outright and eleven and one against the spread in his career as a home underdog. So one kind of shocking that's only happened mm-hmm. twelve times. I think that's but, honestly the more surprising part about that. Yeah. <laughs> but here's a fun fact. The only QBs to beat Brady as a road favorite, Kurt Warner, Peyton Manning, Patrick Mahomes. A couple of pretty good quarterbacks. That's a I mean, good I think list. that's that's a pretty three good three Hall of Fame quarterbacks. I mean, that's pretty good record there. So maybe Lamar Jackson can join. I'm I'm, you know, certainly not gonna doubt Jackson. He is certainly tremendous. So uh, I'm with you here. I think that this is uh, really fun to kind of look at the trends and look at that way. And I think some of the prop plays uh, that we're seeing on picket kind of echo those, like people are looking at the stars. They're looking at the big plays they are looking at the big difference makers here. Mike Evans is receiving yards, total Bateman, anytime touchdown or shot Bateman, obviously uh, Gus Edwards. We saw him with a big performance last week. They're looking at the over on his mm-hmm. rushing yards, Lamar Jackson, passing yards, Chris Godwin, receiving yards, it's none of these are surprising. These are the guys nope. that we know. And as we get into kind of our DFS plays, that's going to be the the continuing notion throughout this game is that these two teams are star heavy. They start at the top. They rely on those guys to create for everyone else. And uh, it's a little bit unique because of the quality of the defenses and uh, the brand of football that both these teams play. But none of this was too surprising for me. But it's always good to see over at Pickett uh, those trends and, and kind of see how the public is feeling, too. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's also going to be very rarely where you see the most popular prop plays of them not being superstar players. Like you said, these are two teams who are very much driven by their top-tier players. For Baltimore, you're looking at Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, hopefully Rashad Bateman, who did miss the two previous weeks, came back last week, but is still dealing with a, uh, a foot injury that did keep him out in previous weeks before. So we'll have to see how that kind of goes. We know it's a rushing attack and pretty much put whatever name running back in there. You know they're probably going to be doing well. We saw that last year with Devonta Freeman somehow, and now we're kind of seeing it here again with Gus Edwards, who is someone they really do like in Baltimore and someone like I said we'll probably talk about here later on. And then you get to, to Tampa Bay. It's Brady, it's Godwin, it's Evans, it's Lenny. And it's, it's just a team that just needs to get right. And I think that's the biggest thing. It's why it's we could see this game going multitude of ways. It could either be a, a close game. I could see this being a, a get-right game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or Baltimore comes in and, and takes down Tom Brady. I mean, it's and I kind of like having multiple avenues and multiple ways to approach a game. But to me, that, that keeps it fun, keeps it from being stale. And quite frankly, I just want more fun in the NFL. What has not been a the most fun year uh, so far here in 2022. Uh, but I also want to ask you guys if you want to win a free $200 bet this NFL offseason. Well, as a new user over on DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet $5 and win $200 by betting on the NFL or on college football. Just head over to ProFootballNetwork.com and check out the latest betting promos to claim this offer today. As we kind of alluded to, the, the line has moved from where we originally looked at at Ravens minus 105. It is now Ravens minus 1. Both teams have struggled uh, against the spread, but has this line movement impact the way you're kind of viewing this game from a betting perspective, Ian? Yeah, it's it's essentially like a money line pick, right? We're just getting very slight. Uh, you got to score one point to win regardless. Yeah, it's like you were, t- we're talking this might just be a push. And so as opposed to just a straight out win, you know, that's going to be up to the individual better as to whether that's worth it. Um, for me, this is, I just think the Baltimore Ravens are the better team right now. Uh, both teams have been really bad against the spread, unfortunately. Neither of these teams are the people's champs. The Ravens are 1-4-1 and one on the year. 
Bucks are zero and five against the spread. So uh, we don't more love like either the Falcons, of that. Guys, come on. That's all we care about. Every year there's a bad team that keeps covering. Last year, I think it was Detroit. This year, it's Atlanta. It was. Those are the teams that really, the only ones we care about, quite frankly. Those are the Super Bowl winners in my book. And so I'm looking at the Ravens here, though. I just think they're playing a better brand of football. Um, Look at their pass defense. This is a big matchup for Brady. 26-ranked pass defense for the Ravens. They obviously have to step up. Brady has to step up. Whoever wins that battle, I think, kind of wins this game. And uh, I'm going to put a little bit of doubt on Brady just because he has been struggling so much. That running game has been so bad. I don't think this is the week that they fully figure it out. I would expect some more efficiency. I do kind of throw away last week, whatever Tampa Bay did last week against Carolina. I'm just throwing it straight in the trash. I think it was just an awful performance and it happens. I don't think it'll be that bad for Tampa. Um, And I do like the under here too. You can get 45 and a half. Uh, Under is hit in Tampa's last six of seven. Ravens in the last four of their five. It really speaks to how their offenses are performing right now. And I do think that the defenses are on the ascension. I do think the Ravens, especially since that Miami game, that secondary has played a lot better. I do think some of those numbers are kind of skewed by those first three weeks that they played last couple of weeks. Much, much, much better against Cincinnati. Played much better against Daniel Jones and the Giants, which has to be expected, but still played better. And so I think they're kind of gelling at the right time. I'm glad you brought up the uh, the Miami game because that definitely skews a lot of the stats for the Baltimore Ravens. And it's it's something you have to note when you go through. You can't just look at just the, the raw numbers. You got to look at how some of these kind of came through on game scripts because Baltimore, while they've allowed 11 passing touchdowns, six of those came in one game. That means they've allowed one or fewer in five of their six games. And I think that's an interesting correlation here with Tom Brady, who has thrown right now. You've got you can get him at plus or minus, you know, 1.5 touchdowns. Brady has gone under 1.5 touchdowns in six of his seven games. And in every single one of those, the lower has hit. So we're looking at a team where it's inflated due to one game. They're playing better on the secondary, not giving up touchdowns. And we have a quarterback who, despite being the GOAT, isn't getting in the end zone right now. So I think the under makes a ton of sense. And it's also been the year of the under. Um, go figure last week was the, the week where I bought in on it and it goes over. I, it's, it's one of those you just can't make up on Thursday night, but yeah, I think the, I think the trends make sense. Um, whether you want to go the Ravens or the Buccaneers, like I said, it's kind of more of just a, a pick em at this point. Um, but I think honestly, out of all those, I think the under probably makes the most sense, but would anyone be surprised that this was like a get right game for two offense that both have like MVP caliber quarterbacks, with stars on offense like I wouldn't necessarily be surprised either way um kind of diving into a little bit of the props here we know Baltimore is a running focused team and Gus Edwards has took over the backfield quicker than I ever thought I typically am one of those people who stay away from guys coming off of significant injuries especially in these when they were the season ending variant as we saw with Gus Edwards who tore his ACL last year as he was one of three Baltimore running backs suffer season-ending injuries along with J.K. Dobbins and Justice Hill. But Edwards came back and just took over his backfield, rushing 16, uh, 16 times, did find the end zone twice, um, throw in Kenny Drake's inefficiency and J.K. Dobbins back on the IR. Edwards is the best bet you're looking for at the running back position for the Ravens to score a touchdown. You've got him locked in here at plus 135. I think it makes a ton of sense especially when we look at how much the Buccaneers' defense just struggled last week to stop Chuba Hubbard and Donta Foreman, which was not something I expected. Buccaneers, for the last couple years, built their team to win in the trenches, both on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. Right now, that's where they're losing. 
to me, that just makes no sense in my head, given a team that still has like Vita Vea and guys like that on this offense. Like, you should not be giving up runs up the middle. Um, if they get in there close when they're expecting Lamar Jackson to kind of do that little roll out and score the touchdown, Gus Edwards at plus 135. I do like those odds. Um, you're looking also here at a Buccaneers receiver. Now, quite frankly, I think it's got to be Mike Evans if you're looking at any Buccaneers wide receiver to score a touchdown, right? Yeah, definitely. He leads the team in, in touchdowns at the receiver position. He's got three on the year. Obviously, his chemistry with Tom Brady in the red zone is phenomenal. It might be in the top two or three connections in the NFL, if not the number mm-hmm. one. We know that potential is always there. I love Marcus Peters. Probably my favorite player in the NFL. He's going to be vulnerable mm. on these plays. Like, it just is what it is. It's not his game. He's not six foot four, six foot five, and he's not that type of athlete. Few so, cornerbacks in the red zone can get physical or have the size to match up with Mike Evans. It's not a knock, right? Like Marlon Humphrey no. has the physicality, but he doesn't have the size. There's yep. <laughs> like it just it just doesn't exist. So unless if you're Tariq Woolen, you're not a cornerback who can generally go toe to toe with Evan. So I just like that plus one thirty five. I was looking at Godwin here, but Godwin's plus one fifty five. Godwin hasn't gotten a touchdown yet on the season. So for me, I'd rather yeah. just take the player who's better in the red zone for a very very slight return decrease. How much do you think Tom Brady is missing Gronkowski right now in the red zone? I think it's huge. I mean, just functionally, this offense, and he loves tight ends. It's not just even in the red zone, but he just loves tight ends, and he doesn't have a guy that he really trusts and relies on. Plus, look at how good Gronk played last year. Like Gronk was just crushing everybody one-on-one, in space, uh, off the line. Like He was just, honestly, is one of his best career seasons, I think, as far as just how impressively physical he was and how dominant he was, especially after kind of a 2020 season that was you know good but maybe not great he kind of seemed like a guy that came out of retirement to come play whereas last year it just he was full-blown gronk so it's tough this offense really really misses him yeah there's no replacing a rob gronkowski they knew that and they they tried it with a couple different guys i mean look you bring in kyle rudolph who has done literally nothing for this offense you've kind of gone back and forth between cameron bright and kate Otten. like it's just trying to do a patchwork where there's just no replacement for someone who is that good. We're talking about one of the greatest tight ends, tight ends to ever play this game. He's on the Mount Rushmore of tight ends. Um, I'm sure. I I wonder if Brady has given him a call. But hey, bud, you uh, ever thought about dusting off those cleats, or are you still like making your subway commercials right now? Um, I don't know. Um, I, look, I just hope Gronk is enjoying his his fruity drinks on the beach and just enjoying life at this point. But I'm sure Tampa Bay fans and Tom Brady was wishing the uh, he was lining up out there on Sundays. And uh, I think they would have enjoyed him here on Thursday night. But you've got someone else on here as a potential touchdown play in Brashad Perriman at plus 450. I think this is an interesting narrative, especially with, with uh, Russell Gage suffering the hamstring injury and also Julio Jones kind of dealing with injuries as he had, let's be honest here, for the last three years. Father Time caught up to Julio Jones as much as I was hoping it wouldn't stick around this year. It unfortunately has. Um, but I think Brashad Perriman, I think it's a really interesting angle here. Yeah, he's at plus 450, and he could be the de facto number two outside receiver. And we've seen Perriman do this. He's come into certain situations. He did it with Tampa Bay, even not that long ago, but he did it in Cleveland previously. He's able to step into a lineup, and with his speed and size, uh, he's just a nice player. He's a good underrated depth player at this point in his career. He has a nice chemistry with Brady. You know, honestly, I was looking at Deshaun Jackson on the other side at plus 600. And I I thought to myself, there's going to be a deep shot. 
hundred percent chance that he gets a deep shot. But then I said, Perriman is a much more likely and logical candidate to actually get several targets in this game. So I'm going to go with Perriman here over Deshaun Jackson for my long shot at the game. I really want to see a D-Jack score, though. I'm going to be honest with you. I actually saw the other day, and it was right when Jackson got signed. So all of a sudden, social media gets flooded with all of the, the highlights and things like that. And it was the play between him and Mike Vick against Washington. And it was that first play of the game. Mike Vick steps up, drops back, throws it from the four-yard line, and Deshaun Jackson catches it at the plus 34 or something like that. It was just that ungodly arm strength that Mike Vick had and just that speed of Deshaun Jackson, like best deep threat of all time. I, I think he's right up there. I think he's right up up there there. between him, Randy Moss and like Tyree kill. Like we're talking like three of the best ever at being vertical. And that was, that was what D Jacks did. And Look, speed doesn't slump. If he can bring that speed element to Baltimore and kind of be that explosive threat that they kind of need on this team, especially with Rashad Bateman kind of a little banged up, Devin Duvernay, that's not necessarily like his his game, even though he does have that speed. But like, there's just different levels to being fast. Like, yeah. you can be fast or you can be so fast that you make other fast guys look not fast. <laughs> That's confusing, but it's the best way I can get my head around it. (laughs) That is definitely him. We deserve it. Honestly, honestly with all the the Thursday night crap that we've dealt with this year, we deserve a DJX 85 yard touchdown on the second play of the game. Speak that into existence. And I think it's also interesting you bring that up right now as we're looking into DFS. And it should be no surprise here. I think if you're not going to take the the, uh, odds on him with your betting record, why wouldn't you just take the long shot on him on a DFS lineup, right? He's in there. He's only sitting at two K only 2000. You know, I think that we really scrubbed this first of all, like we went beyond like the stars and we were like, Oh my gosh, who do you even play? If you're trying this is to one of the most stars the and scrubs matchups you're going to find Crazy. On, the, on the NFL calendar. Crazy. And I know like some, like, I feel like we've been saying that for the last couple of weeks, but that's because those teams were lacking. This is different. Mm-hmm. These were just top heavy teams with immense stars at the top. And so I'm looking at Jackson for 2K. I'm looking at Brashad Perriman for 1200. Same reasons. And I think those two guys, especially, you know, you're going to kind of get into this, but like there's an issue of building a lineup with the top heavy roster with these prices. So to try to fit a couple of these medium sized guys in, you almost have to take a low guy like Perriman or Jackson to try to fit like that huge upside tournament winning roster. Yeah. I mean, if you're playing on Thursday night here on, on DFS over on DraftKings, you're playing in an MVP more than likely. So you got the captain spot, the way it sits right now, even if you go with a, a cheap play as your, as your MVP, which is not what you want to do. You want to, everything is going to be the, give you the highest return on that 1.5 price for 1.5 fancy points. There's no way to get, Mark Andrews, Lamar Jackson, Tom Brady, and Mike Evans into a lineup. Those are your top four players on both of these teams. It's and We're talking about these two top-heavy teams, and you can't even put the the top-tier players into the same lineup. So you've got to go with someone like this, like this, like a Brashad Perriman, like a Deshaun Jackson. You've also got Scotty Miller written down here. We've seen him. We've seen him do well before. Third in targets right now among Tampa Bay wide receivers. He's going to be a deep threat. He can also kind of look for him in the end zone. Like I said, he's he's played well at times. At thirty two hundred, makes sense. I think that one does make sense. If you're gonna, I think if you take that 
that shot unless it is on Djax. I think it makes more sense to do it on the Tampa Bay side of things just because Baltimore is never going to be volume heavy as a passing team. That's not who they are. We saw that a little bit last year when they kind of went up in in passing attempts with Tyler Huntley and also with Lamar Jackson, but it's because they had three running backs gone for the season, so you kind of had to switch things up a little bit. Like Baltimore natively is a running team, so it doesn't make a ton of sense to kind of take some of these dart throws outside of, like I said, a D-Jax. I think that one makes sense because you're going for that vertical play. It's just got to hit once. That's it. It's got to hit one time, and it makes it worth it. Um, but I think the guys like the Scotty Millers, the the Prashad Pyramids, if Brady is looking for volume and he starts finding a little bit of chemistry in the game, they're not going to mess with that um, because they need to find some kind of rhythm. So I do like that move. You also have on here Kate Auden at 5K. We talked about the tight end struggles in the red zone. Um, he's at least been looking – he's been training in the right direction, I'll say that, which is rare for a, a young, unproven tight end that normally doesn't have the NFL, especially with Tom Brady. Averaging five targets per game over the last three weeks. So at least some of the volume is there. And he could be a sneaky option maybe in the red zone. Obviously, that pays out. Um, but when we're sitting here looking at a a week where like Devin Duvernay is 6.4K, Gus Edwards, like normally that would be like the cheap play. Yeah, you throw him in there. DraftKings adjusted based off last week, 7.6K. Like he's not even necessarily a value. I get playing him 100%. He's the only Baltimore Ravens player I would play in terms of a running back, but it ain't that cheap. Like at that point, take a look at Rashad White at 4.8K. Didn't have a good game last week, but none of the Baltimore players did. Had 24 yards on six carries, caught an eight-yard pass. Like that doesn't sound good, but he led the Baltimore, uh, I'm sorry, he led the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in rushing yards and also played in a career-high percentage of snaps, just under 50%. And all of his time came on the field when the game was either tied or they were losing to the Panthers. If we're expecting the Buccaneers to be trailing in this game again, then Rashad White, we're expecting, should be back on the field a little bit more often. Um, like I, said, I, I mentioned Devin Duvernay, like he's not cheap, but I think the play doesn't make, it makes a little bit of sense when you look at the context of Rashad Bateman dealing with that same foot injury who kept him out of weeks five and six and missed practice already this week. He's had 40 yards in all but two games this year, and this is averaging 10.6 uh, DraftKings points uh, per game. So it's there's not a ton of upside. Like I said, it's it's very it's very stud heavy in this game. You can take a shot on, like I said, someone like a uh, Rashad White later on. Take your shot on your D-Jax if it hits. Um, but I think that whoever wins this, whoever wins the the money on Thursday night, it's whoever got right on that dark throw. It's not going to be because they found a way to manipulate the money. It's whoever made that one, whoever guessed right on that one play. I think that's what's going to separate things on drafting. It makes it a makes it a tough night uh, if you're trying to put together lineups. Uh, but I also want to tell you about the easiest and most fun way to spice up your football season. It's underdog fantasy and their pick'em game. Just look for your favorite or least favorite player stats and pick whether they'll end up higher or lower than that number in this week's game. And you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. It is super simple to get started. Just head over to underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Sign with promo code PFN and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. But wait, there is more. If you deposit $10, you'll also get a free one-month subscription to the PFN Pass, where you can reconnect with the game of football with interactive experiences, proprietary research, and educational courses on the PFN Pass. That's Underdog Fantasy with promo code PFN and you can get in on the action today. 
kind of jumping off of some of the players we've talked about earlier. I don't think it's any surprise that we're also favoring them over on underdog. They're the the easiest people to try to project, I think would be the best way to say. Like, you're never going to get it always right. Lord knows I probably get just as many things wrong as I do right on here. But at least I feel comfortable with their volume. And I think you've started off with the right person here with Mike Evans, who we would expect to be that number one option for the Tampa Buccaneers here on Thursday night. Absolutely. So you talk about volume, and that's the biggest thing here that we want to get. And I love that that we're offered some of these lines with 68 68- receiving yards. So I love the higher on this play. He's got 31% target share, 25% of that coming through the air since week four. Uh, Brady's been putting up some huge passing numbers since then. Obviously, like I said, we're throwing out last week, throwing out what happened against Carolina. Uh, We talked about the guys who are out uh, nine catches for 96 yards on 15 targets on his most recent uh, sample there. I mean, the work is there. I love that he is thriving with Brady because I think that first season together, I was getting a little bit worried, like he barely hit a thousand yards. That's not the case. Took away some of those other weapons, and I think Evan's going to keep thriving. Mm. I think this is an easy, easy higher play. I would expect I him agree. in the mid 80s to 90s. I imagine how much different last week would have looked if he just catches what is like the most routine, routine walk in touchdown of his entire career. Yeah. He was wide open and did something that you never see out of Mike Evans, which is drop a touchdown or just a, a wide open target. Um, I, this feels like a, a get right game for him. He needs to, okay, hey, look, um, we're good. This offense is good. And he could be that guiding factor on the passing game. I like going Mike Evans with the hire as well. I think someone who makes sense too, it, it's going to be Gus Edwards based off what we saw last week. And especially not just out of him with the volume, but also what we saw out of Tampa Bay allowing 7.6 yards per carry to Chuba Hubbard and Donta Foreman. Tembe is also sitting bottom half in EPA and success rate against the run this year. Baltimore's averaging uh, 5.5 yards per carry over its last three weeks. I mean, that's going to be with um, J.K. Dobbins coming back off his injury and kind of being a little tentative at times with it, with your knee. That's kind of going to be the, the general mode for a lot of these running backs when they first come back. Um, but we saw Gus Edwards play really well. Sitting here at 47.5 rushing, I've got to take the higher on this one. I think if they're going to lean on him, just like Baltimore always is the running back. So I do like the higher on Gus Edwards, 47.5 rushing. Um, and it's certainly like if Baltimore is going to move the ball, look, it's Mark Andrews, people, right? Absolutely. I mean, we've got a ninth line here, too. It's very similar to Mike Evans, like we just talked about. He had, Evans had 68.5. Andrews has given 65.5. Just look at his recent game logs. He's been hitting 89 or more passing yards, receiving yards, I should say, in four of their last six games. Last week against Cleveland was a little bit strange. Obviously, he was dealing with an injury. Uh, Andrews wasn't seen you know, at practice last uh, yesterday at Tuesday. So, you know, we can't really control the injury thing, right? Like, that was a matchup where Andrews generally absolutely destroys the Browns. Well, it was he, national tight ends day. Yeah. And he was playing a team who was awful against tight ends. Awful. And he has zero kept receptions on two targets. I'm not salty. I didn't right. have Mark Andrews everywhere. Like I'm not upset about this at all. No, no. And you know what? In retrospect, he should have just sat because that's as much as he did. And that I don't I don't blame that on Andrews. I think you give him another a couple days off and if he practices Wednesday or not, it's really doesn't really matter. I think he has to be part of the big game plan this week. 100%. I don't think that there's a way that they win this week without him going off. Uh, so I'm looking at the higher here for him. Bucks are giving up 
five receptions, 53 yards per game to the tight end position. They don't normally play Mark Andrews. So I think Mark Andrews is the difference there between getting the 53 and over, or I'm sorry, higher than 65 and a half. He's also the best tight end playing in week eight. Yeah. Travis Kelsey is on a bye. Like it, it go, at that point, it goes to, to Mark Andrews. He is second in the NFL in uh, receptions, yards, and touchdowns. Plus, he also has been big on the road. In fact, he has three straight games with 85-plus yards and a touchdown on the road, and he also has an affinity for Thursday night. Andrews has scored a touchdown in each of his three career Thursday night games and is looking to make it five straight play uh, primetime games with a touchdown. I'm all in on Mark Andrews, just like I was last week, except this time he's going to come through for us. I'm putting that into the universe. Um, also, taking a look here at Leonard Fournette, who, look, playoff Lenny hasn't been looking like who became Lombardi Lenny. He's just kind of been meh to an extent. I think last week was, it is what it is. We've said throw it out here multiple times. I hope you're not playing the drinking game for how many times we've said throw out the stats at this point. Um, but sitting here at 29.5 receiving yards, he's gone lower on just one of his last five weekends. Like I said, we're not overreacting to last week. Baltimore is giving up 6.3 receptions and 44 yards per game to the position through the air, which is bottom seven uh, in yards allowed to running backs. Fournette, he's Leonard Fournette. Like, he's going to be the main factor on this offense. I still like Rashad White, but I think both guys can have a good game at the same time. One is not necessarily tied directly to the other. Fournette going over, um, sorry, Fournette going higher than his 29.5 receiving yards. I'll be taking that one as well. So to recap on that one, Evans, 68.5 receiving yards, taking the higher on that one. Mark Andrews, higher than 65.5 receiving yards. Gus Edwards, higher than 47.5 rushing yards. And Leonard Fournette, higher than 29.5 receiving yards. We're being optimistic on this one. I refuse to be a glass half empty person when it comes to Thursday Night Football anymore. So hopefully all this will pay out. But that's going to wrap up for today's episode of the Run the Table podcast powered by Pro Football Network. If you enjoyed today's episode of the show, feel free to leave a rating and a review, whether it's on iHeart, Google, Spotify, or over on Apple Podcasts. And it's always going to be greatly appreciated. Also, continue to stay up to date with all the latest news around the NFL by heading over to ProFootballNetwork.com, where you can find the latest analysis covering not only fantasy football and betting, but breaking news around the league, college football, and the NFL draft. Get involved with the PFN community. The PFN Pass gets you direct access to the Discord and unlocks exclusive content from PFN Productions, weekly giveaways, and weekly AMAs with the PFN staff, including lineup and waiver wire advice, a Sunday morning start sit, plus even more betting coverage during the week to help to fill up that bankroll. And remember, it's never too early to start your 2023 mocks by using the PFN MDS, which you can find over at ProFootballNetwork.com forward slash mock draft. You can follow Ian over on Twitter at NFL Film Study and myself at Tommy Garrett PFN. Speaking for Ian, good luck on Thursday night, and we'll see you guys on Friday as we go over all the start sits for week eight. <laughs>